Welcome to another episode of the V-Square Podcast. I'm your host, Norman. And I'm Shai. You can call me Joel too. <sighs> okay, so this is our third part in our presentation series. First part, we handled on what the concept of a presentation is. Part two, we talked about how the materials and how you're going to be creating that presentation well. And now part three, we're going to be touching a little bit on how you're going to be presenting your work and how you're not going to shit your large, very large pants. <laughs> yes, how to keep your cool and sort of just carry through the presentation and make sure that you don't shit yourself afterwards or whatever it is. Mm-hmm, and but not during. Like, yes. In the end, just not try to shit yourself during the presentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in TBCMD's context, presentation is the one thing that you can never ever avoid. And usually, for our cases that we have been through, it's always one versus a crowd. You know, just you and a whole lot of your classmates, your cohort mates, and your lecturers among them. Sometimes there's going to be one lecturer. Sometimes it's going up to five of them. If you have a lot of free time, they'll just come and pop by once in a while. And that happened to me mm-hmm. once. Yeah, which counts. But um, yeah, the situation may look a little bit overwhelming for most people who are not used to the situation but i can guarantee you one thing for sure close to half of your classmates as among the ones sitting there don't really give a shit about your presentation mm. or that. yeah, yeah that, just doing their own things that's most likely true because half the time especially during that time of presentation week right you only got like everyone is during that time period is either really pressured out really stressed or if not they really don't give a shit they want to get that presentation over with so yeah, they're probably not going to give a shit on what I'm saying because they also need to focus on their own thing. Yeah. So yeah, get that thing into your mind. Don't expect a very responsive audience if you try to ask questions. Then it's like, let me just start my presentation with a question. What do you think about blah, 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 blah? You, you will probably see like at least five out of the 10 people there is going to have their heads down or not, two looking at the phones and one just looks at you and looks away again that kind of things i mean because in in the case of cmd's class cohort each uh in each class is really around just 25 people because you know the intake is 125 so yeah if you already got that many people who are not paying attention which is just like one fifth the class you got another 20 i mean if you want to try your best you can get that 20 uh people to try to join in with you mm. but oh, yeah 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 and then among that crowd, you have your lecturers, you may sometimes, you can get guest lecturers, you know, that there are ones who are having a deaf note, you know, like writing down your grades and stuff, and recording everything you say. And there's another one who just sits beside you and just, like, want to give a little bit of uh, that. Yeah. Which I still don't really comprehend the concept of that. Sometimes they came here on their own will, sometimes they get dragged over. We never know that. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they either... Well, if they're dragged in, they just sit next to the lecturers, or not, they would just position themselves randomly around a classroom to pressurize you. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're stressed when it comes to presentation, let's just say that much. Okay, good. That means you have another thing to stress about. <laughs> but, I mean, since you already have that many people, you and usually for CMD's 
uh, presentations, right? We um, we don't really have the luxury to talk a whole grammar story. Uh, we'll usually have only 10 minutes, five minutes to do a presentation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the happier days, as what we call it, you have like 10 to 20 minutes worth of presentation. You're like, wow, I can say a lot of things, you know? And another half of the time, you only have five minutes to do so. And yeah, it's very, very stressful. Mm. I mean, from us uh, back in the day, like at least a year ago, yeah, maybe even during year one, we had so much free time for like presentation that we could play with, like play with because it like what draws said, it usually used to be like 10, 15 minutes, right? So most of our projects landed in around like for presentation wise landed in that time category. And we were just mm. there. We were uh, not exactly effectively using the time I would say because like if you compare now right from five minutes what we can squeeze in now comparatively to 10 minutes we can slowly build towards what we want to talk about yeah but it was really a luxury back then yeah it's, it's really long like I still remember that back in uh, me SP1 we didn't do much presentation uh, no, 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 no I, I think year one we don't have time limits huh? yeah because it was pretty free flow they didn't really give a damn about what the hell we were presenting anyway so they were <laughs> like, okay, you know what? You can take your time. You explain. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like year ones. I mean, if you remember and to those who are listening right now, you may recall that back then it's not that people give you the time limit. You know, people, the lecturers are usually encouraging you to talk more, you know, that like try to squeeze something out of you. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to squeeze you into the time frame. And that's what happens in year two when we first came across a SP2, I think that's the first time we came across uh, 10-minute presentations. Uh. Um, I still remember the interim. The interim was uh, we need to present our research, we need to present uh, our target audience because we are doing a mobile app to solve a human problem. Uh. Yes. Um, yeah. So we're supposed to come up with a very good mobile app and then we have three art directions and three sets of variables, and we have a whole long list of my grandmother research. And oh my god, I, I tried to squeeze in how many slides was that? I tried to squeeze in 80 slides at, <laughs> at that time. <laughs> I still remember that <laughs> monstrous size. And then it is really like, you know, by the time I try to finish my first round of that check, right, to present them. Do I you actually like, make it to the end? <laughs> Let's just say that I finished my research in eight minutes. Yeah, I, I haven't even talked about my three concepts, or even my three art directions, three sets of variables to explain the whole user flow, yada, yada, yada. Nothing, you know, it was so horrendous. I'm so like, like, like where's the, where's the meat of your content, but why, why are we so paranoid on like having so much research? Yeah, it's like, Okay, with this this point we will cover a little bit later how you can like get things across right away. Uh. But uh, I just briefly say that um, like what we say in a previous episode, you are supposed to do a world setting and you only need a little bit of the time to finish the world setting to let people understand uh, what is happening. You know, mm. If you can't pick the right information to put it in front and do a first round of first round of like context scenario setting and to make your audience or whoever is listening for the first time to comprehend what is the 
problem and the scenario you're tackling with, you have failed the first hot lap. So, I mean, back then, we all just that, you know, we go to Google and we're like, oh, this thing kind of useful, you know, and just shove it in here, put it there, because everything seems a little bit different and all seems very useful, but picking the right ones is very important for the final presentation when you start speaking it out. Yeah, definitely. That much time. Because, I mean, yeah, you, like what Joel said, you only have that much time to present what you actually want, right? So the key points that you actually need to take out from your research, right? It either has to be spot on with what you're going to be talking about related immediately to your solution. Or if not, you're just going to be telling a grandmother story that's uh, probably just going to be filled like with five minutes of useless access information. Yeah. I've, yeah, seen, I've the, seen quite a bit of that. Yeah. Since we're on the topic of that, I think we can go into a little bit of examples about this so-called, okay, we quote-unquote, we call it a useless information. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, then, but hear me out straight. Uh, do, do not uh, mis, misunderstand, misunderstood whatever I'm saying here. I'm not saying that those things are not being applicable at all. I'm just saying for the final presentation's sake, please, for the love of God, don't say it out loud, all right? So no, no, number one thing that most so-called uh, so-called presenters are the students, alcohol mates and other juniors that we see once in a while, they have a habit of putting surveys into their presentations, all right? I mean, survey is part of your research, not gonna lie. And surveys does give you quite a lot of insights for whichever target audience group you're reaching out, whichever ones you're searching for. and but the problem here is that what we see from the way they present it is that they just shove the survey in. They put a chart there, they put the numbers there, they put a bar graph, put the icon, put the characters there, and then they say, oh, we have surveyed 200 people, and out of these 200 people, 170 say this, 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 and another 100, another, another don't know how many percentage say that, 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 that. And to me, to me, my take is that, all right, if you are going to tell me this number of people does this thing, then, so you're trying to infer something out of it, right? Am I right? So what does that mean, right? Yeah, so what does that mean? Can you just tell me what does that mean? Because you are giving me a fresh perspective into a certain subject matter, you know? You're telling me something that you, oh, this group of people say that, you know, uh, like prickles are better than Doritos, that kind of things. But you may, as well as come for Pringles. Pringles, Pringles. Okay, oh, Pringles. gosh. Okay. Okay, I want Pringles. But, <laughs> so if that's your result, right, then you can infer from it and say that uh, the Pringles have better flavoring than, than Doritos. And that's the point. That's the whole point of it. But you are presenting to me all the numbers you have accumulated and I need to follow you along the way until you arrive at a point. And I'm like, it's, it's kind of like very a long stretch anyway. Instead, you can just tell me the point and if you really need to emphasize how you get the information, where you get it to justify anything, because if, if that's why you feel it's important and you have the time for that, then at first you lift out the point, say the Pringles flavors are better than Doritos. As shown in my survey, like 170 out of 200 people agree that Pringles are better than Doritos. I can't mm. so, so you have your, your main point first, then afterwards you show your... So the justification. I mean, all right. I, I, I feel like that's a fair point to hold. Uh, but personally, I would have done it the first way first. Like, you know, show the survey, then mm. you, you you infer that this makes this. I feel like that, that flow of line makes more sense to me. But yes, mm. please go on. 
uh, the flow of line works in both ways, but uh, it's just that you cannot just present numbers and numbers and numbers. And my the things I saw before, right, is that people speak a whole lot of surveys. Like everything they do, they just pick out like this question one, question two, question three, and then they, they just read out the stats from the slides. And I'm like, okay, so you're reading me six seven sets of like questions and the response you had and then you and then they present me with a whole page of pointers i'm like huh then i'm like so 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 which one of this has to do with which point you know like is, is question one definitely linked to question like the, inf the inference point a or is it question two must be b or c so it's really like a list two chunks of information you're expecting the, uh, the audience to piece them together and it sounds it sound just smokes the whole point and just like a big smoke to, to fill up the slides and there's really no point to what i see it is uh. mm, i mean yeah i agree with that i've seen uh like what you said like, because i think throughout my entire time in school right, i've seen lots of presentations because i'm one of the people who just likes to casually listen in and i like, actually just bother to listen to presentations unless unless i'm really tired but yeah most of the time whenever i see people right, this is just what we observe because like, it's true mm. that of what I see is just that, like what Joel said, there really is just a lot of, um, let's say, uh, research jumping that is done to justify what their solution might be, but not actually, actually having a solid link slash explanation to what they are creating, which could be further elaborated. Yeah, totally, totally. It's really that, that like stretchy chewing gum in the, in the middle of a whole presentation and we are just like trying to digest it properly but it just doesn't really work mm. and even lecture even though the lecturers don't really take it out we are just speaking it from the point of uh, being a normal audience who are really impatient you know like like this this is this is not really entertaining i want to see like real juice that like, what is the one thing that you spark on that makes me interested even if you go out to like you know to into the business world right business world. I have friends who have been there who have seen how usually some companies they do their proposals and stuff, right? In the business side of it, not the real design industry side, uh, in the business side of it, what they usually do is they put the point forth first and then explain with the stats after. So it makes the whole thing I like, say, okay, it makes sense. Like this point stand is now trying to make so many things to build a foundation, you know? Mm. That kind of thing. Uh. So we are here to give a little bit of our insights into how certain materials can be done to save your time. This is what we're trying to say here. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, moving on. I think I think we will just mention key pointers as we speak. But let's talk about how you prep yourself for your presentations, your interim and your final presentations. Yes, there's lots of things that you need to. Well, not really a lot of things, but you should be self-introspective, you know, be internalizing. You want to really be comfortable and be familiar with whatever you're going to do. So let's say right, if you're going to be preparing for your final presentation, right? The one most important thing that you should be doing is that you should be familiar with your content on your slides and your script. If you really want to do well and look cool and probably not shit yourself, you need to get a script out and start practicing it. Yes. Get a script, all right. No matter how long or how short or how detailed your thing is, your slides is, or whatever, please have a script prep and get it inside your head. 
Mm. A lot of people feel that scripts are sometimes not necessary because, you know, freestyle, they really want to just uh, wing the entire presentation, which is also right. But you just need a bigger pair of pants if you really want to go freestyle because there's lots of mistakes that could happen. But with yeah. a script, you have essentially solidified yourself because you now know that if you're going to be following, if your script follows the content along your slides, right, and your slide structure is good, your script is good. So essentially, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're putting a fail-safe for yourself that will never fail. Mm. Yeah. So practice yourself with the script or you have a group presentation, please practice your teammates if you really want to. That one you uh, should pre- definitely practice with your teammates yeah. because if not, then there's going to be, especially for right now, if you're doing online presentations, which is about to be over. But let's say if you still do ever have any online presentations, right? You also mm-hmm. want to practice the, if it's a team presentation, you got to practice who goes where, who's going to be speaking, whether or not you guys want to pass on the torch, uh, yeah. whether or not who's going to be pressing the slides, you know, to pace everyone. I mean, that's the type of thing that you all should practice, especially when it comes to the flow of that presentation, you know? Yeah, definitely. This flow of presentation is basically like, imagine yourself watching a movie. Uh, if you're inside a presentation, you want to watch a movie. You know, you do not want to, like the, the movie's players to stop working halfway, the sound audio start jacking out halfway. And, and you know, like a very serious moment in the whole movie and a character suddenly break the fourth wall or something. You know, so this kind of very... Uh, a jarring and a brunt interruptions are really killer for your whole presentation. Even though, right, even though that we say that it's okay to be stressed and some people will show it more physically than others, you know, some people mm-hmm. on the outside, they will, they, will, they will start panicking, they will start shivering, shaking. And that's me, I will start shaking my legs whenever I go a little bit more. So it's okay, but uh, you need to be as prepared as you can be and get your scripts and everything right. And if it's uh like whichever presentation it is, right? Like uh if you have 10 minutes time limit, please try and make sure that your script can finish 30 seconds ahead or a minute ahead of the before the presentation ends. Because during the whole presentation itself, you will come up with different different scenarios where you need to take an extra breath when you swallow an extra saliva, when you shake a little bit, when you press the slides and you let down a little bit, you need to give yourself the buffer times to make sure that you can flow in nicely. Mm, that's right. I mean, you know, who just in case, right, uh, let's say any technological cock-ups happen or if not, you start to panic a little bit more, right? You got that, oh, it's like, you know, if you start talking halfway and then you start talking, yeah, you stop all of a sudden. You're gonna have to like apologize and say, I'm sorry. That alone you that I'm sorry literally took two seconds out of your presentation. <laughs> so yeah, yes. you wanna you wanna be a bit careful when it comes to that. I mean it'll be nice if your presentation can end. Like what Joel said, mm-hmm. maybe a rough gate. I wouldn't go as far as to say one minute. One minute is a bit much, but I'll go thirty seconds. Mm. Yeah. So have a good buffer. And like we say that you will have a little bit of this cock ups here and there. And if the team, especially for teams uh, context right sometimes the people you, you try to wake them up you know some some people will zoom zoom out in the halfway during the presentation and when it's their turn they suddenly just like oh oh, oh my turn uh, okay i'm coming and like, oh no mm. you know those, those kind of things are uh, happens here and then, and then the ones who are pressing a slide is also like lagging behind or like going too fast this kind of things really requires at least one to two rounds of run through get it 
right to get it right you know mm. yeah imagine uh, if like if you're trying to practice that script yourself right you want it to be so I would say because like the perfect presentation to you will come like almost second nature, right? You can just like recite the script off your brain and you mm-hmm. should be presenting with no problem. So I would feel like in the same theme scenario, right? It should be somewhat similar. People, like I remember back in the day, right? Me and Joel used to work for a collab, a collab presentation, right? We practiced our scripts so damn hard that when we <laughs> went to them, the presentation day, right? All of us had no issue just presenting our parts casually facing towards the screen without even reading off the slides. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Much, yeah. yeah, just like one glance at the slides, right? Then turn around and start looking at the people already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we practice it like what, like half an hour before the class starts. Yeah, but we repeated practice. ourselves a lot. So yeah, practice your slides so that it comes off very naturally. Yeah, wow. Then I still remember that presentation was so, so messed up. To be honest, very painful. Yeah, I mean, you wanna go into that story or you wanna? Uh, I mean, okay, we will just briefly describe like, what happened. Uh. So okay. it was a very long, it wasn't very long. It was a very short project, but we have a lot of things having to bother about. Back I in guess, year one, right? Yeah, back in year one. Uh, so we have a teacher who is extremely uh, demanding of us to give to let us come up with uh, effective solutions. I mean, even though, even though back then we really, really don't like that, Dude, you know, like we just hated him to the guts. Yeah, we really hated him to the guts. But y'all did. Uh, about... I was alright. But y'all, y'all really hated the show. Come on, no more. We're on the same boat. You, you have to understand that, alright? Yeah, no, no, went... I, I was. We were on the same boat. I am the very objective man. I said, okay, sure. <laughs> but everyone else was very angry. I remember. <laughs> I was just. Uh, I don't know what to do, but. Uh, I guess what happened in the end is really that for presentation, I uh, get yourself dressed properly. Uh, like this is one one thing that we all did properly for the first time. You know, we all dressed. Did we all dress, wear pink or did we all wear blue or something? Uh, did we even have a uniform? The all, oh, we, well, we did for the guys in our presentation. We all wear pink, but we didn't wear it for that presentation. Okay, yeah, we didn't have a uniform for that. Um, yeah, we didn't wear a uniform for that. Yeah, so I think that time was 10 minutes right was it 10 or was it ten. 5 10 uh, it was 10 minutes or so uh. then we went up there then it's like shivering uh, that we practiced half an hour before you know we had a whole, whole, whole one like, like a boxer you know going up for the for the like the boxing ring you know prepared to find Mike Tyson that kind of thing you know mm-hmm. and, just imagine five and idiots walking around in like a previous classroom from when they had their classes just hop- hopping around and practicing their own scripts walking around yeah, I, I then we just like, it's like I just shout shout our friends like you. It's like bro, bro, the slides coming out. Come on, read this thing, read this thing now, now, now. We're running out of time. Everyone had to time themselves as well, so that like I don't know if people actually do this, but I feel that it's quite effective. So everyone, right? Don't you don't need to actually present the entire presentation slides at one go together as a team, but you practice your own individual time slots given, so that yeah, you don't exit. Yeah, it's like a relay so that you, it's basically, you work on the base of trust and you know when to continue so that the slides yeah. can move on for, uh, like somewhat smoothly. But yeah, yeah. I think, that, I don't know if that's what we did, but I can't remember. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, then we went up there, present, and the teacher is also, also like, wow, that's the first time I still remember that I came fully prepared, you know, I came in and said that, oh, you all need to use your own laptops, you know, and then we just look at each other and like, what the 
Because yeah, right. usually what happened last time, right, is that the, the lecturers were coming with their laptop and plugging our thumb drive and do our shit. Mm -hmm. But for him, he didn't come in with jack shit. He came in with a paper, like a, like a file with our marking sheets there. Yeah, but he came in with the death note and afterwards we were just supposed to plug in our own laptops to present. Yeah, I think we were given time limits to set up the damn things. Yeah, I like, what? Oh, oh, I remember that. And, and I had never ever used a bloody HDMI. Like I was never like an IT person properly, you know. So I can't believe I just like one shot. I just plugging ta 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 ta, and then I oh dual screen. I done it. I done it. And like, oh yes. Joa went from caveman to technologically advanced. Yes, like that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Civilization, baby. Yeah. So yeah, we we just like landing on a bloody moon, you know. Just like oh, honestly, and. It was so intense. Even afterwards, the Q and A, right? Oh, I was a back. It's like a, like an exchange fire, you know. I think that was the most like intense Q and A session I've ever seen within a lecturer and one of our. I mean, mostly because me and the group, I believe, only out of all five of us, only Joel was prepared for the questions that they were going to ask. Because back then, obviously, we were pretty thinking that all oh, this presentation is going to be super easy. The questions aren't going to be super difficult. They're just going to ask like, oh, what's your solution related about? No, they started asking questions related to like, who's it going to be your partnerships with? Why do you think this is even an effective solution? Can this even be feasible? So our puny brains weren't ready for it, but Joel at least came in prepared. So yeah, he had our backs covered. Yeah, they even asked that who will be the collaborators and the possible one. Can you even come to realization how effectively is it to the psychology of the people of Singapore, whatever the mm -hmm. hell it is? I just and he came in. I remember because uh during that panel or presentation, there were two two lecturers. Then one mm -hmm. the lecturer brought in a friend to vet for his standpoints. So the the teacher who he brought in started questioning feasibility plus logistics. <laughs> of our <laughs> solution so i was just like i think that's a bit much for for a year one student yeah it's that's that's definitely overboarding that oh god but yeah I, i'm glad that i have read enough pa papers to come up with possible uh, solutions and stuff mm. yeah and i just like you know just return all the moves you know like bruce lee and Ip Man, just like oh yeah 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 i was pretty impressed not gonna lie because all I of us were standing, we were all standing there just like lost to like, what the hell is Joel talking about? Well, I understood a bit of what you were saying, but the rest were standing there pretty blank. <laughs> it's like, oh, what well, But yeah, that's that's really um intense presentation. But I can guarantee you for one thing for sure, this is like one in once in a blue moon kind of shit. You know? Yeah, it's very rare. It's rare, like they aren't. That many lecture about this harsh, but I can say That's if you ever came across it, it's a good opportunity for growth if you survive it properly. I mean, but, not to say that you know, like there are no harsh people outside when you're gonna be presenting to them, but yeah. most likely in school, in a school context for presentations, especially in Tamasic Poly, right? I think it's mm -hmm. mostly gonna be smooth sailing. They won't want to be purposely assholes to unlay your solution unless your solution is outright garbage. Yeah, and if you if people say that your solution is alright garbage, right? Don't take it too harsh, I guess. No, I mean, you shit. Know? I mean, I, re I was recently told that my one of my solutions was pretty garbage, but I was like, oh, alright, yeah, I can see it. If yeah. you can just take it with a grain of salt, you understand that criticism of what they're saying, why it doesn't work, it should be alright. Yeah. You learn from it. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I think what we as what we say just now in our this unfortunate tragic story that we just went through, right? How we really do slides is like when in terms of presentations, like in terms of presentations, usually we have a general do, rule of thumb is that uh, you use one sentence to describe one slide. Mm, yes. Or you yeah. could do like a you know one sentence to cover a multitude of slides, like maybe two or three or four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that you can, if you're, let's say, if you're cutting short of time, right, you just need to summarize everything. Mm-hmm. It's really that because, um, to be fairly honest, right, for all all the research numbers you put it up there, right, you don't really have to read them out. Like what we say previously about the survey results. It's easier for you to come up with one inferred point or justification or insight and then you use the research to back it up. So just use like, yeah, so one main point that you got, then let's say one bit of research that you've taken. Let's say if if we put it into slight context, you say that uh, the target audience actually likes to go eat food outside instead of inside. Then afterwards, you show this number that oh, there are more people outside than inside. Some some number like that. Like as long as you show a singular statistic, that actually already proves your main point, right? and it's better to put it that way in comparison if you add it to a bunch of pointers that no need to be there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And because but, slides are to be referenced further by the lecturers most yes. of the time, so they were gonna read it. You know, they're gonna read it. They're gonna see it most likely. And to find out the things that you searched on, uh. but uh, whether they were vetted properly, we are not sure. Not sure. But the best thing that you can do in that case then would be to place your pointers from the statistics on the slides itself, but do not read it off. So that mm-hmm. one during presentation, that what we've been trying to say, you just present one point while they're reading after presentation. Then afterwards, they also can come with their whole logical conclusion when they look at your slides, so they can appreciate it more. Yes. So yeah, um, just summarize them. Uh, summarize as much as you can to make people understand that the point A, B, C is uh, A point one, A point two, A point three, A point four. Sometimes it doesn't really work. Yeah, so that's generally how you can do all the slides here and there. And right now you're all, I guess you're pretty much ready and all geared with your script. You have your teammate, you have practice, you have no other things you could say. You also got some extra diapers. Yeah, some extra diapers. Yeah. And now you're, and now you're at the presentation desk. Uh, yeah, you got front. Yeah, the front, you got, you know, your laptops, you got that visualizer right in front of you, or you maybe have a webcam and you're sharing your screen. Yeah. So whatever it is, you know, always, 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 always try your best to look at the audience. Yeah. So whether it be looking straight at your lecturer, trying to death stare him in the face, you know, you want to stare into his soul, or if not, you can go look for like the chill looking people that is like just sitting around, try to stare at them every 10 seconds, you know, glance here, back, forth, you look left, right, maybe, oh, you know, that wall is pretty nice. Oh, look at her again. Oh, okay, maybe the wall is actually pretty nice, like much nicer compared to her. But yeah, keep <laughs> contact, especially for presentation purposes, right? I feel like um, not many people like to actually do this. or They don't subconsciously do this because People look at other people for self-soothing, you know, to calm themselves down. So yes, yeah. always keep trying to do that so that you can stay on the ball, stay focused while presenting. 
Yeah. He makes himself look confident. Yeah. And if you look at people, it makes people who are listening to you say, okay, this dude is kind of like kept, like giving us his attention too, you know? Like you cannot be the one just keep looking down at your own laptop screen or your phone screen or, or your little slides. On, or like you keep looking back on the slides on the visualizer. Yeah. You, you keep looking to the notes in your palm, right? It does not help for you to have a proper image as a presenter. It's it's not it's not saying that oh if you look down or you don't like stand properly that kind of things will make you do whatever it is. It's just generally speaking, people don't see that you're engaged and people just like okay since this dude is just reading off his bloody script and he's not doing whatever it is, then he, why the hell should I care? You know. Yes, just, I, actually that's exactly right. I wanted to point that out. Uh, because right that I've seen. Many students, I mean, include myself included, uh, for for creating that type of mistake, where you sometimes are not exactly most prepared, and afterwards you start reading off like maybe your slides or you start looking at the floor, you start getting out of that zone when you're trying to present, right? And mm-hmm. then that loses the attention of possible listeners from like let's say the class setting that we gave just now, right? Mm-hmm. Originally, actually, people who you try to engage with and you look at them in the eyes, there's a higher chance that they will be actually be engaged compared if you don't give a shit when you or let's say not go and give a shit, but you are mis- creating those mistakes for yourself and they'll become less engaged. So, if you want to feel like better and you want people to actually care and listen in more, you should mm-hmm. look at them more. Yeah, that's just so, how it is. Yeah, that's how it is. Uh. If um, like I said just now, when we say that if you look down at your script and stuff, you are not, you don't look confident. And another thing we can guarantee you is that if you look down at your script or you like bend over, didn't have a firm spine, your voice is not gonna be horrendous. Ah uh, yes. Horrendous. So you are not talking to a tinkle bell. There's no need to talk soft, soft. Okay, please stand straight with your back. If you have scoliosis, yeah, that's another thing. But please stand upright. Is, that a, is that a shot to one of our friends? Well, I mean, you uh, we all somehow have a little bit of this after years in sitting in a chair. Oh, yeah, design life. Design life, but some people had it harder, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, stand, standing postures doesn't just help you to look better. It also helps you to project your voice out a little bit more and it's not about how loud you say or how enthusiastic you are speaking or like how like like yeah whichever way it is right your voice has to be out there firmly even though for myself english is my second language and horrendous are pronouncing half of the dictionary i try to get my words out as clearly as firmly as you can and it's not slurting it not muffling it as much as i do slurting you mean slurring (laughs) Slurring, slurring. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is why Joel's second language. Sing kiang, sing song si. I cannot speak <laughs> Chinese. Yeah. So yeah, be firm in your pronunciations, in your sentence breaks, structures, whatever it is, yeah. so people will know what you're talking about. I mean, what Joel means by like, uh, let's say like stuff like sentence breaks, you know, that, I mean, that's really up to the type of the flow that you really need. Really. So essentially your sentence breaks would be how you section out your portions for what you want to say, start to end, and afterwards have that like two to three second pause, or maybe one second pause, and after you continue on with your next section. 
Got a break yeah. in between to let people know that, okay, we're moving on. The commas and full stops are here for a reason. Yes, please, please use punctuation. Yeah, try as much as you can. You are say, so these are a list of items that we're going to say. Firstly, secondly, thirdly, do not say, here are the list of items. Firstly, secondly, what the hell are you expressing? Like, are you a little woozy or something? Expect people to absorb everything? No, right? It's not. Yeah, um, can I guarantee I half the people that we met are not Eminem's, okay? So you can't split them in words. Yeah, I mean, even if you want to have it in that type of uh format, right? You got to at least have the, all right, first, this is a bread. This is a baguette. This is a croissant. You notice how <laughs> I stop at least for like trying to point out a single object. I named the item. Single object named the item. That at least people will be able to pick up the, the items or what you're trying to say easily or easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having sentence breaks is very important. Pronunciation punctuation very important yeah so if you have an unfortunate soul like me who can't really pronounce properly well <laughs> I mean, you're practice working as much it. as you can then practice as much as you can i mean because this podcast we are trying to keep it as uh as casual as you can so if not i will, I will be in the mirror trying to twist my tongue to the bloody dictionary and be like ah yeah he, i mean if if we didn't take this podcast uh very casually right Joel would take this very seriously and he would start thinking that this is some type of interview <laughs> interview yeah i'm not even joking i'm pretty sure you were taking it as an interview so he'd be like oh okay so today we are going to settle on design slides so design slides uh, yeah i can imagine you speaking like that <laughs> yeah so Anyways, now you have a presented right, with uh, proper speaking, whatever it is, you finish your things, alright? Yeah, congrats, and I mean, the next pointer we will say out for uh, most of the people out there who are listening to this podcast, and this pointer is not the first time that someone brought it up, but uh, we think that we should emphasize it a little bit more, but we'll mm. give you a school context. Uh. All right. You was it? are not your work. Take it easy mm. and okay. do it properly. Right. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, that what Joel just said, the sentence literally means that you should not, I wouldn't say not associate with yourself. That's not the right way to say it. It's more like when critique is being given after the presentation right because most of the time nine times out of ten if the teacher is listening to your presentation they're going to give some type of critique straight on so take it easy and just do it properly relax it's fine you are not your work you know your your entire being does not being it's not been summarized in that one piece of work unless you really you're an artist in that case but yeah you want to design something that's good for the world not for yourself but you know can be either mm-hmm. way like, depending on you yeah. so yeah relax yeah relax please because uh your work is from part of you it's your the residue of your creativity that's something that you produce out of your observation research your feelings or whatever it is i mean i quote crystal crystal said it one time before um mm. so it's the work is sort of you but you are not the work Right, you are not at work. So, and presentations in schools, right, basically usually marks the end or like a change in the work, the whole project. You know? So, take it as a 
sign, take it as a sign to drop your ego and all your other worries about this piece of work that you have done. It's already over. Mm-hmm. Do not linger over it too much. And I would if, say if it's, embrace yeah, that moment first, right? Like, cause after the entire presentation, that critique over, right? You're going to have this huge sense of relief for the presentation to be over. Now it's just whether or not you want to, how long you want to linger on that, like present, uh, that presentation at project four. I'll keep it, I suggest you to keep it short because if not, you're just going to be a, like one of those people who cannot look past their, their failures or their successes. Yeah. Don't get too absorbed in there because this is not, this may be the first work or the first presentation, first project that you're going to do, but it's probably not going to be the last one you're going to ever do. Like, I doubt that. so if you're in this industry. If you choose to keep on, then it's not the first. It may be the first. No, no it's not going to be the last. So do not take it as end of the world. I mean, great. is It is what it is. It's a marking of your journey. I was once a useless punk too. I can't do... Like, I, I, I took my O-level arts. It was horrendous. It was a B3. Yeah, it was... <laughs> It was I'm sorry, was it normal arts or higher arts? Oh, higher arts. Ah, higher okay, arts. B3, higher arts. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah it was It was bad. I'm even just though I thought it was... Too. Yeah, I, I thought it was... B3, higher good. arts, this motherfucker. Hi, hi, higher arts is... Okay, you need to comprehend that in my school cohort, right? It's always been like a... Like a 100% A or 100% distinction scenario. Ah, so, okay. the, so the benchmark is kind of there, you know. Benchmark and, kind of there. It, it's literally perfect, no? It's like, you know, you join there, you try to get something out of it and yeah, it didn't really hit that. So, mm. uh, it ended, I didn't really do a presentation for that, but it, after the submission, everything submitted, I'm just like, oh no, how, 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 how is it going to be, you know, I feel like that's the best painting I ever do. And then, Afterwards, it just uh, proves to me that at one point that uh, life still goes on. Uh, even though that uh, maybe as a teenager back then, my vision of the world is small, that my world is small too. Uh, it's only myself, my family, my friends, and nothing else really concerns me. Uh, and that's my work. I really pay a lot of attention to it. It's okay for you to put a lot of like, attention to whatever you're doing. But trust me, it's not the last. It's, it's not the only thing you need to worry about as you grow up. Okay? Mm. You're going to think about a lot more... Uh, I mean, if I if I may to name a few that will stress you out, you know, you have you graduate, then you need to find a job, you need to find a job, you get a house, you get a house, you usually need to get a spouse, you get a spouse, you get a child or something, you have parents to take care of, you have your bills to pay, you have your financial insurances, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, 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 okay. I mean I understand that the stresses hit you early, man, but come on. <laughs> yeah, but but okay, just take it easy and let this process go on. And presentation marks the end, let it be. And please don't cry. Towards, you know, ah, yeah. I mean you you can't cry if you're the tears of happiness <laughs> but uh, other than that I mean keep as humble or as emotionally strong as you can be it's kind of like the Japanese you know they don't really show their emotions they always show that a super strong side at the end I feel like it's just although it's not the most healthiest thing to do right but it's ethically more accepted <laughs> <laughs> okay it's a very it's a very messed up thing to say okay maybe not not in that sense but for the work environment i would say yeah. it's definitely more professional 100 percent, because you know you're, you're obviously showing your best yeah. side it's better for everyone out there people mm. say that much because 
it's not the end of the world. And besides, if you cry, you have an emotional outlet out and you feel better whatsoever. You make others awkward. Like, yeah, uh, very awkward. Uh, okay, maybe not for Joel. I think uh, I mean, we've seen we've seen many times of bad type of situation happen before. So yeah, it did make the class a little bit awkward. So essentially, if that, that that's the thing that we're trying to point out, if you have a certain large reaction or a certain emotional reaction in response to what the teacher is saying, right? You mm-hmm. give this students or the other students an impression of, oh shit, is this gonna happen to me or why the hell did this happen to him? <laughs> You're gonna start causing questions or anxiety for other students as well and we're not saying that you can't do that but it's not helping find a suitable occasion to let out yes find someone else to talk to after class uh there's a school counseling if you really need then talk to your lecturers afterwards if you need to or whatever it is the emotional breakdowns on the spot right after the presentations we have seen quite a number of it and it usually usually right usually it makes the people around awkward in a sense that we do not know what to say you know we we, we do not really know what to do about this you know mm-hmm. like uh, are we gonna say that oh it's gonna be all right i'm gonna get a good grade or is it like because oh, the we, manager went well we don't really can't we can't really say anything because yeah uh, it's, it's hard it's hard. Yeah, especially for like the lecturers marking your work. She, they, they, I'm pretty sure the lecturer will also try to, especially if you have an emotional breakdown right in front of them, they will try to comfort you first while the students sit at the side because they don't really know what to say. They can't say anything about your work. They can't say anything about you in that moment in time. If not, you're going to feel more hurt. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are kind of left in a very gray area where we're just sitting there for like five minutes waiting for the next presentation to happen. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, I think though, the most important thing is for the lecturers that like, they will feel extra awkward about this thing. And they, 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 no, some no, lecturers are better at solving this, like diffusing this kind of situation. Yeah, I think I, I think quite a number of lecturers actually have yeah. tried to diffuse the situation because, I mean, yes, the design school is quite a very stressful environment to be in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty sure a number of lecturers have tried to diffuse the situation down before, but it's not like uh, it's a good situation to diffuse in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I only I think I remember one of the more significant ones in our design time is back then. It's back when the year two, right, two point one. Then we have a class of which class? A King graph. Oh yeah, kinetic yeah, graphics, yeah. right? So we were learning uh, After Effects in this uh, module. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, it was assignment one uh, that night. It was at night. Yes. Around seven to eight PM, so, <laughs> so I mean, around around that period, uh, but I, rem- I remember yeah. that's when uh that guy or whoever did that presentation was I can't remember the going guy actually, but yeah, uh, we will not disclose him there. I wouldn't. We will not disclose him. So are you are you are you suggesting that he's a guy? Oh, are you a well 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 he he she she whatever it is I can be oh, anyone. Yeah. But anyways, he's- we were. Doing our presentations for, I believe, what was our first submission for Kingra, which is, yeah, short form. So, yeah, we would, it was a showreel or a... a showreel for a website or something. Yeah, it's a showreel, a promotional video for a website. So, we just need to practice our AE with, like, typography and all that stuff with the effects that we know how to do. So, that's what we did. Uh. And 
one of the people who presented essentially started presenting and then we looked at his work everyone in class looked at his work because we like to it's a very fun open area inside our class where we like to openly comment as a joke a lot of people like to do it so we didn't particularly realize that this person is slightly emotionally weak so when we looked at his work there was a sequence of items that happened so for example he was in the video this person was toasting bread and cooking eggs for example and the video continued going on and on and on and on and at the end he was all of a sudden eating an apple and avocado <laughs> so essentially we were questioning what the heck happened to the you know the starting thing that we saw and then after that at the end it changed so we were like oh uh, that's, that's we just found it quite funny because some people we just wondering what happened yeah, but, so where's the bread and the egg mm, where's the started? bread and the egg like literally it disappeared in the next shot so it was a comment that was not supposed to be very aggressive it was just a playful joke yeah but we, the, we literally just asked where's the egg in the bread yeah because i i'm sure even the teacher was internalizing yeah like what the, the sequence of events happening not in the most uh doesn't make the most sense but those comments although we thought that they were quite playful obviously started to hurt that uh this person and yeah while presenting and he started uh, well, he yeah he she it come on guys we keep it inclusive started to mm-hmm. break down and he just had this emotional breakdown so just like well okay uh we didn't exactly meant to hurt him in that way because we thought yeah, he was fine with it as a joke but a lot of everyone in the class except for me found found it pretty awkward and i just told him relax man we didn't want to make fun of you we were just trying to say that this your work choice didn't make much sense <laughs> but we're not here to hurt you we're not yeah, aiming right. after you yeah we are, we are, we're just very concerned about where the toast went nah. i mean uh, so that happened he collapsed in a corner of the presentation table and just started weeping a little bit more and and then uh yeah then then people just stand by there most people in the class just like look at him okay now we have this bomb over here how we're gonna do it you know like this this is just after a small presentation what we're gonna do about this yeah and then then he he just there and then our lecturers very nice man very very nice man he went out there to get a whole bag of like subway cookies you know mm, yes he bought a bunch of subway cookies for the guy and also for the entire class as a treat for the first assignment he's a very nice guy so we remember that uh vividly because of the cookie and the whole incident really let us think about it like um, how emotionally attached some people are people. yeah like how sh- um yeah whether or not you should emotionally detach yourself as much as you can because mm-hmm. a lot of things like that might happen because uh from what i notice as well right certain times it's just certain periods of time you can if you want to be more analytical or more observational here's a, here's a treat you notice when people are getting receiving critique they like to uh justify their type of design so let's say if we i point out for joel's work hey joel you're using too much purple here it kind of looks ugly then he's he tries to justify why he's using that purple for example and if i continue to critique him for the exact reason he becomes more offended 
that means that he is quite emotionally attached to that work. Most of the time, most likely, he's emotionally attached to the work. Hmm? I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it makes sense to my brain. Well, I guess um, what we say about emotionally attached and detached from your work is that uh, you can try, do your best when it comes to critique or like explanation to defend your design choices because yes. that's okay. That's completely fine for you to defend, like, justify that why you like, why you put this research in, why you put this thing because you are the ones who decided that this is going to be it. You are the ones who decided it. You have your mm. reasoning of it. I think exactly. I have a better way of phrasing yeah. this now. I feel like if, if it's a personal comment from the lecturer, oh no, they take the critique as a personal attack to their design choices. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, that much. That's much. That's a much better way of phrasing it. Mm. When that happens, then afterwards you feel that you're emotionally attached to this design choice. Then you start feeling like, oh, they're attacking me for choosing this. Mm-hmm. That yeah, happens a lot. It's just a chain of effect, uh. It happens. Um. When we talk about emotionally detach yourself from it, right? It's just that do not suck on it too much. Do not, if it is done, if it is done and if it has been created and has given enough reasoning, reflect upon that. Reflect upon what you have done and realize there are some learning points that you can take away from it because you are still breathing. You are still, uh, you are still breathing. You're still living the next day. You're still going to sleep and then the sun is still going to rise from the east tomorrow. But who knows what's going to happen next, you know? Who knows what's going to happen next? So walk away from all the things that's been done throughout the presentation. You have to get your ideas across. Whether is it a good, like a ring of a bell or whether it's a bad one, take it as it is uh, and mm-hmm. just get it on, get it on. So yeah, that's how the how presentation in design school as we see it should have been all along. Whether it's going to be evolve into the business context when you start selling your portfolio whether you start asking for project pictures here and there right this whole idea of presentation can adapt to it because you remove and it's gone people like to raise a little bit more to celebrate the opening of phase two (laughs) yeah Having freaking drag races around your area. <laughs> yeah, just west side is all the hill areas. People like to go up and down. Man. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yes, yeah, continue with your point about... Yeah, oh yeah, detaching. Uh, um, I guess I guess I cover most of that about presentation. Your sole purpose here is to get the idea across. Okay? You carry the idea from point A to point B. Mm. How you... How you make sure the idea look, how the idea sound like you are the ones who are designing it. And so, uh, so I would just say for like, if you want to really just a overall summary of what a presentation should be, right? For those 10, 5, 15 minutes, make yourself into the most hollow human being ever. Emotionally detach yourself for work, but be proud of your work. So, do not if someone says something, deal with it. Someone says something, deal with it. You are proud of your work. Present it. Done. Uh, people will say what they're going to say. People, mm-hmm. But you get to choose to listen to those. Do not do not say it. 
don't shut yourself 100% away from all the comments. Yes. Okay, that's, that's, that's bad. Take the ones that you feel that are most beneficial to your improvement. So let's say if it was critique to your design, if there's certain parts you can improve, take it on. If there's improvement in the way that you present, take it on. If they're attacking you for how you look and your teeth, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, that's that's how it is. And then I think that's pretty much what we can cover for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think that's mostly what we want to say. Like, just present with pride. Be proud of your work. You know, you mm-hmm. can revel in it for like a short period of time and then just move on. Understand that there are other bigger projects for you in the future. Mm, definitely. There are more things to care about. Definitely. Yeah. So I guess that marks the end for today's episode. Yep. Okay, let's end it here. Then my, I am your host, Norman Sue. And I am Shy. And goodbye. <laughs>